0: On Friday, December 13th, RLN is excited to welcome international keynote speaker, minister, and best-selling author Dr. Robert J. Watkins. Dr. Watkins is focused on his God-given mission to educate, empower, and equip people around the world to build lives that transfer wealth through generations. This passion for people, purpose, and profit led him to be recognized with the exclusive Presidential Lifetime Achievement Award by former President Obama. As a CEO and world-class business Strategist, He has facilitated over $30 million of investable income for families by helping them successfully launch various business ventures. He is on a mission to create 20 million jobs by resourcing 2 million new entrepreneurs in 200 cities. So, whether you are a church leader, business leader, or looking to branch out, don't miss this session with Dr. Robert J. Watkins. Register now at rlnleadership.com. That's rlnleadership.com.
1: Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. In. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness.
2: Live a life bigger than yourself. Welcome to Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer. We're glad you decided to join us today. Remember, you can get access to this message and a full library of teaching from Dr. Greer at gracechurchva.org. As we dive deep into the Word of God, we believe that it changes us and empowers us to think big, do big, and live big. This type of living will not only impact our lives, but will inevitably bless others. So our hope is that this broadcast inspires you to live big. Here's Dr. Greer.
1: Clap your hands, all you people out to God with a voice of triumph. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Hallelujah. 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 You may be seated. This week we are going to continue our series on the gifts of the Spirit. Last week we focused on the gift of faith. And there's so much to be said about each, but uh, I want to introduce each area, and then uh, in the end, I want to bring them all together. We're going to pick up where we uh, began last week, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1, and we are going to... I want to do something different. I've never done this before, but I want to read aloud together this first scripture. Say it after me. Now concerning concerning spiritual gifts, gifts, brethren, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. ignorant. All right. Paul was saying there that the subject of spiritual gifts is, is of such importance that it demands particular attention and it requires our special care. You already saw the slide up there, but MLK said something, I think, very key. He says, nothing in the world is more dangerous than sincere ignorance and conscientious stupidity. When it comes to spiritual gifts, the Apostle Paul felt the same way. He did not want the church to be unaware or uninformed about this very, very important matter. Let's skip to verse 7. Paul said a number of things in between, but that's a little later for a little later in our series. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So if, or better, since the ministry or manifestation of the Holy Spirit leads to profit, a lack of it would lead to what? Loss. I don't know about you, but I need all the help I can get. If God can do it, I want it done in my life. Verse 8. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. Wisdom is often defined as the right or correct application of knowledge. Now, knowledge can exist without uh, wisdom, But never the other way around. This is why smart people do dumb things. And that went over some of your heads, you're too young. But, uh, (laughs) all right. Now, when it comes to this subject matter, knowledge is knowing how to use a gun. Wisdom is knowing when to use a gun. Knowledge is knowing how to identify a rattlesnake. It's knowing that a rattlesnake is poisonous. It's often, you know, uh, gray as brown. But wisdom is knowing how to go into the forest and staying out of its way. So knowledge and wisdom are not the same things, but both are essential. Then the writer goes on to say, to another... The word of knowledge through the same spirit. Now, here we're not just talking about information that comes through experience, observation, or study. We're talking about information that could only come from God. An example of a word of knowledge is imagine you've lost your keys. You say, Lord, you know, where are my keys? And something rises up on the inside of you and it says it's, it's inside your red shoes. This has happened to my wife, by the way. And then you go and you find it there. Now, naturally, you did, who, who would look at a pair of shoes for a key? Not many. And it probably would have took you a week through, you know, natural searching to find these keys because the keys were just not in a place you would ever expect to look. But a word of knowledge either speeds up your thing and compresses it and helps you get to what it might take you weeks or months to get to, or it gives you information you just could not absolutely have on your own. So a word of knowledge is God giving you a message or an insight based on his uh, omniscience, based on him knowing everything, and he drops it again into the human heart. Your relationship with the Holy Spirit is the most important relationship you will ever have on planet earth let's go to first kings chapter 3 and verse 16 and we're going to look at uh, some examples of uh, a word of wisdom and then we'll look at the word of knowledge now many of you probably never been exposed to this particular area but again scripture uh, says very clearly god does not want us ignorant of these subjects or these matters so if i'm a good pastor it behooves me to make sure we spend a little time digging in to this very, very important subject. First Kings again, verse uh, 16, chapter 3. Now, two women who happened to be harlots came to the king, and they stood before him. They had already gone through the lower courts, and, and no one could solve this particular case. And God had already promised Solomon just a little bit earlier in this same chapter— that God would give him wisdom. He, you know, he said, God said, listen, Solomon, you can ask me for whatever you want. And then Solomon thought about it, and he asked for wisdom that he might lead God's people properly. And then God said, because you didn't last for, you know, money, uh, wealth or fame, or, or the, 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 the life of your enemies, but you asked me for wisdom that you might serve my people. That's exactly what I'm going to give you. So what God began to do is supernaturally drop his wisdom into the heart of this king. And in this verse of scripture that we're reading, this was his first major test. Well, you have these two women in the throne room. And one woman said, oh, my Lord, this woman and I dwell together in the same house. This is probably a house of ill repute where the women plied their trade. But this is important. God's wisdom is for the greatest to the least of us. And God cares for all of us, even those of us that get a little bit sideways sometimes. And she said, and I gave birth while she was in the house. Both women delivered on the same day. And this might seem strange to you, but actually this happened in our church while our church was still very, very small. Uh, Sister Miriam and my wife, they both had Uh, Lamy and David, at the exact same time in the exact same hospital. Both boys share the same birthday. So it's not so strange. But then it happened. The third day after I'd given birth, this woman also gave birth. And there we were together. No one was with us in the house except the two of us. Both women here were at the bottom of the totem pole. There were no midwives, there was no family, certainly no husbands that were in the room or came to the room to even look uh, uh, at the children or to look after the women. And because of this, no one could bear witness to what either child looked like. And and no one could bear witness to what transpired either. So this is a very, very, very difficult case. Verse 19, the woman's still telling the story. And this woman, how many of you know when someone refers to their friend as this woman, something bad has happened? And this woman, her son died in the night because she lay on him. One mother accidentally rolled over on her child and smothered him. So she arose in the middle of the night and tiptoed over to my bed and took my son from my side. While your maidservant slept, it's typical for people who have lost their joy to try to steal other people's joy. There's a saying misery loves company. I'd like to add misery likes to make company. (laughs) Please do not waste your life wanting someone else's life, it's important. when you force your troubles onto someone else, you will never learn the lessons only you need to learn, and you will never become the person God wants you to become. And then she laid him in her bosom and laid her dead child in my bosom. Some losses in life you just have to let go, and leave to God. But this woman refused to. And when I rose in the morning to nurse my baby boy, there he was, cold and dead. Everything that this woman had was gone. But when I examined him, In the morning, meaning after the panic was over and I could start seeing through my puffy eyes and the tears, sunlight began to come into the room. When that happened, I was able to look at the baby more closely. And indeed, he was not my son whom I had born. He didn't have the same eyes. He didn't have the same little nose. He didn't have that little birthmark on the side of his arm that he had and I admired the day he was born. But as she was speaking, the other woman interrupted. She said, no, but the living one is mine and the dead one is your son. And then the first woman protested even louder, no. The dead one is your son, and the living one is my son. Both women were ready to rip each other's eyes out at this moment. The Bible goes on saying, thus they spoke for the king. Josephus, a Jewish historian, says that King Solomon at this time was was, was probably a teenager. The oldest he would have been was 20. He says as young as 13 or 14. I think he's wrong about that. But, but the, the, the point is, he was a very, very, very young man. And Solomon had heard all of the facts. He had all the information. But he needed wisdom beyond his years to settle this particular case. Again, a little teenage boy, his dad just died. He has a crown on his head, and he has no clue what to do When a situation like this is presented to him, let's get to verse 24, but then that gift that God had promised him kicked in, and the young boy spoke beyond his years and beyond his experience and age, even his intellect probably, and he said, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword before the king. And then the king said, divide the living child in two. Everybody in the room gasped. But you know, God's wisdom at first often seems cruel. But let it it run its course and you will eventually see its genius. You see, the problem was Solomon could not ask the little baby who could not speak which woman he loved best. But he could find out from the women which woman loved the child best. So he said, divide the child in two and give half to one and half to the other. The room thought that the young king had lost his temper And that somehow, you know, he was embarrassed he was just going to kill them both to to remove the embarrassment. I'm sure the mother went into shock. But then she quickly possessed herself. And it says, Then the woman whose son was living spoke to the king. For she yearned, not the other one, with compassion for her son. A mother loves you in a special way. And she said, Oh my Lord, give her, she couldn't stand this woman, but give her the living child and by no means kill him. A real mother would do just about anything to protect her child, even if it's at her own expense. Solomon in his wisdom knew that. He didn't have the information, but he was wise enough to see into human character. Stay with me. But the other said, let him neither be mine nor yours, but kill him. Divide him. You see, when you don't have a right heart for a thing, you'll be willing to destroy it in order to keep it. When if women, if there's any man ever tell you, I will kill you before you leave me, you need to recognize he never loved you. That's important. Pay special attention to people who don't clap when you win. <laughs> Verse 27. So the king answered and said, Give the first woman the living child. And by no means kill him. He had to say that quick because these soldiers were under orders. Then he said, she is his mother. Only God could give young Solomon the wisdom to respond to, to this situation. Life has a way of throwing at us difficulties. That we, you know, without God's help, even sometimes as experienced as we are, we just don't know the answers. Verse 28. And all Israel heard of the judgment, the sagacity, the wisdom which the king had rendered. And they respected him, or feared the king, for they saw that the wisdom of God was what? In him. God today, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Still today, he wants to give his people such supernatural wisdom that people will travel the globe to find out what we have to say about particular issues. It's important. The Holy Spirit is not just a moral agent, though he is. He's in our lives to make us better. He's in our lives to help us do right. But the Holy Spirit is not just sitting there with his arms folded, saying, well, you know, this is a test of your morality all day long without him being willing to also inject his power. So the Holy Spirit guides us into righteousness, but he also wants to aid us in our crises. 2 Kings 6 and verse 8. Let's look now at the word of knowledge. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge. Now, the king of Syria was making war against Israel, and he consulted with his servants, saying, my camp will be in such and such a place. The short of it was this was not a conventional war. It wasn't like, you know, in the European, uh, old European wars before the, the, the war of independence here in America where people got in lines and they neatly fought one another. This was not the case. The Syrians were using guerrilla uh, uh, warfare. They were fighting more like Native Americans did in this country, and eventually uh, 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 the, the, the British began to adapt to, to those ta- tactics. But, but the short of it was what they would do is they'd sneak up on the people of God and ambush them, hit and run, and, and then they'd, they'd go do it again. they struck terror into the hearts of Israel, and it was a constant and ongoing guerrilla warfare. Verse 9. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel. Now, if you know your Bible, this particular uh, king and this particular prophet didn't get along very well. Ahab and Elisha did not like each other. But some issues are bigger than your personal feelings. That's very important to understand. So in spite of how they felt about each other, the nation and the health and the safety of the nation was more important than their bickering and, and their qualms. So the prophet would send to the king. And again, you see the king and the prophet in concert. And that, that's what God wants today. He wants God's king, God's voice pieces to, to be in concert with, with the kings that are out there doing it in the secular world. He wants you to come into the sacred world, if you will, to get instruction to go into the, 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 the secular world. And actually, the, the, the sacred wants to, to, to invade the secular through this prophet-king type of relationship. Some people are too sacred to be any good. Jesus told us to go into all the world. He didn't say go to church. Now, we go to church so we can go into the world, but that was not the Great Commission. A lot of folks that get a tiny bit of anointing want to quit their job and become a pastor. Imagine if everybody was a pastor. (laughs) What would happen on our jobs? There'd be no testimony, there'd be no witness. I kind of wish, matter of fact, I spent the first 20 years of ministry wishing I wasn't a pastor. I wanted to be a king. Yeah, I wanted to be out there with y'all in the workplace doing some things and not living in a fishbowl and all the rest. Back to the text, that was an aside, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Well, the prophet would say to the king, beware that you don't pass this place, for the Syrians are coming down there. We we need men and women today that can do more than spit a verse. We need men and women that can hear God. You need people in your life that hear the voice of heaven. You don't need just a smart pastor. You need a pastor that hears God. We, 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 here's the deal we lean so much on intellect and intelligence. But how's that working? I mean, every, just about everybody in the United States go on the World Wide Web, information at the tip of the finger. We can't figure out the deficit. We can't figure out the big in between nationality, ethnicity, all this information. The problem's not information, it's, it's a lack of wisdom. But imagine if God's people would stop just trying to play church. Imagine we reached out for wisdom that, that could change our nation. I got on my soapbox out of the text, but that's still helpful to somebody in the room. Back to the text.
2: Get directions, service times, and much more at GraceChurchVA.org. That's our time for today. Join us weekdays at this time for the teaching ministry of Dr. Derek Greer. And remember, until next time, live big. Amazon has
3: a creative way for you or your business to support our ministry. It won't cost you anything extra and it's part of your normal routine. It's Amazon Smile. The prices, selection, and shopping experience are all the same. But when you go to smile.amazon.com first instead of just amazon.com, Amazon donates a percentage to your favorite cause and it doesn't cost you anything extra. It's amazing. So go to smile.amazon.com, search for Grace Church Dumfries select us as your charity then shop as normal it's free easy and helps grace church and Derek greer ministries continue to reach those in need click smile.amazon.com today and check it out also military and federal employees remember you can make a difference and donate through the cfc our cfc number is 35614 that's 35614